You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels Podcast. This is our... 11th episode of season one for the episode vision of hope i am one of your hosts michael cohen and with me as always my faithful co-pilot matt the crankster cranky hey what's happening mike and hey we got a bunch of cool news we got vision of hope to talk about and yeah. i have to say i have a little bit of deja vu happening right now what's <laughs> <going>? <laughs> yeah ah, it does so frustrating does feel oh, like man. maybe we did this already but uh but that's okay we, we for those who didn't see the uh the Facebook post. We uh, we did lose our earlier recording from this week. Uh, we were so close to. We were almost done, and then. Uh, but you know, it happens. Uh, it happens yeah, to the yeah. best of us. Uh, yeah. But, uh, it doesn't happen very often, thankfully. Um, no, no. But yeah, but you know what? Uh, it's kind of all for the best because we've got some more news that's come in. I uh, uh, sort of in yeah. the. Uh, in the interim, so we'll have more to talk about. So let's yeah. uh, let's jump right into that. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by rebel spies. Rebel base in range. You rebel scum. All right, Mike. Uh, tell you what, we got some good news coming out of celebration for us and the, oh, the Rebels podcast. And I guess we can also include Frontlines, right? Uh, we got mm-hmm. selected to be on the podcast stage, so that's pretty exciting for us. What you, that was kind of a shock to me. I didn't even realize you had put that in, but hey, looking forward, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, yeah. We're we're on the podcast stage. We're on Sunday from one thirty to two thirty. Uh, so we're we're kind of closing out Star Wars Celebration, which I think is pretty great. I think uh, if if the timing is right and they're doing stuff similarly to the way that they've done uh, past Star Wars celebrations, then that means that the uh, the the closing ceremonies will basically be happening right after. Mm-hmm. So uh, so there will probably be just enough time to run over to the line for uh, for the closing ceremonies and get in the line for that and uh, and and. So hopefully we will be the second to last thing that many people do at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, we really hope to see a lot of our, our loyal listeners there. Um, we're, we're really excited about it. It's great because it means that it's going to be a dedicated time for uh, for people to find us, for sure. Yeah. Um, we, we had a lot of fun with our 100th episode of, of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast that we did. At, at Celebration 6 uh, back a few years ago. And we did that live. Uh, we sort of broadcasted it on, on I think, Ustream uh, at the time. Yes. And, and yeah. uh, 
so people were able to actually watch along with us and uh, and and sort of join in uh, even if they weren't able to make it to Star Wars Celebration. So that is the hope once again, I, because, uh, of course, we want to share all of our awesome experiences at Star Wars Celebration with you, our listeners. So, uh, so yeah, look forward to that. Uh, look forward to details around that. But, but really, we hope that, that you can be there to, uh, to enjoy Star Wars Celebration with us. Um, and, you know, we're, we'll probably plan some sort of a, uh, a meet-up sort of thing with uh with the guys from the wampas lair and uh and uh, uh star wars report along with you know your uh, your favorite thunder quack podcast network star wars podcasts uh being yes. matt and i with rebels and uh and tim and kyle over at star wars the saga continues i'm sure that we'll be figuring out something mm-hmm. some sort of a, a meetup uh, nice. in that regard and we'll let you guys know as soon as we have details on all that stuff uh, which sure. I'm sure will be forthcoming. Yeah. As soon as we have a schedule, that's really the key: is that we know when some of the fan stuff is happening because people are starting to get their approvals. But we don't know when the big panels are happening, when the big sort of official stuff is happening. We probably won't find out for about another month. Right. Right. Um, oh, and another thing too is is that by that time, most of the stuff is going to be seen by then and and. Although we are the Rebels podcast, I'm sure we're going to talk about oh, yeah. season two premiere of, of Rebels. But, I mean, there's going to be so much other great stuff coming out of there that I, I'm looking forward to. Like, maybe, obviously, hopefully another trailer and, and spinoff stuff. So, it'll, mm-hmm. be, uh, it'll be just a jam-packed episode of just everything. Just like an overall view of what's going on. So, I'm, God, I can't wait for that, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Mike, um, I've... Not to be outdone by, you know, it's like I had to leave it with that. But I got to tell you, this, you just kind of alerted me. I, I have been working all day and I haven't seen anything. And this is, this is probably like the biggest news for, for Star Wars, like Rebels, that I can think of, at least for me. I mean, this yeah. is some crazy, I mean, it is just a rumor like you were just telling me a few seconds ago. But holy crap, if this becomes something serious, this is huge, Mike. And, and why don't you tell them what's, what's coming down or what's... Rumor to come down. Yeah, so I, I over at makingstarwars.net, I believe. Uh, is it .com or .net? I think it's... I think both. Uh, It'll just redirect okay. you. Um, yeah, they're reporting that I that apparently... Now, big spoilers here if this is true. But at the moment, it's just a rumor, so we don't know. But uh, the, the Rebels Season 2 premiere is going to have three... Uh, characters that we already know and they've got it in their headline written three classic characters but um, actually two classic characters and one Clone Wars character um, and and that is uh, you've probably already guessed it you've probably already read this uh, Ahsoka showing up um, and uh, and then as well as that Vader and, and Emperor Palpatine uh, showing up now the, Ooh, the, the second half of that Vader and Palpatine not that surprising uh considering i mean we've already seen vader seen vader, right, in yeah. star wars rebels um it's a matter it was only a matter of time before we see the emperor uh but um i mean it's something that that a lot of people have been hoping for is is to see ahsoka uh in star wars rebels to learn the fate of that character and maybe see uh see where she has been in in sort of that intervening time um I take it with a grain of salt. I, I when we recorded earlier this week in the in the the lost episode, um, <laughs> we talked a little bit about Fulcrum, and uh, and and the potential for like who who is Fulcrum and when we're gonna sort of right, figure right. out who that is. Uh, I had thrown a couple of characters out there, or at least connections to characters, and how we might see some new characters, but I. One character that I had forgotten to mention when we were talking about that was Ahsoka. I mean, there's a very, there's a very distinct possibility. Like, I, I think that Fulcrum is one of two characters. Uh, it is either Ahsoka or it's Leia. It's it's one of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, time's going to tell on that. I think that we'll actually discover who Fulcrum is before the end of the season. Right. Uh, which which you know, if Fulcrum is Ahsoka, that sort of leads to this 
this idea that she'll be in season two in some capacity. Uh, I th- I think that that it could end up being the last sort of moment, the final moment of the season is sort mm-hmm. of this like you know reveal that Fulcrum is Ahsoka, and then we'll come back uh, for the premiere and and we'll see we'll see her and and get a little bit of that story. Um, that that's a that that's a very high possibility. So. You know, like I said, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it is just a rumor for now. But uh, Jason Ward, who is the editor in chief over there at Star Making Star Wars dot com, he is. Uh, uh, he's saying that he has this uh, on very good authority, and he's confirmed it with multiple sources. So uh, now, of course, he hasn't let us know who those sources are, mm-hmm. but. You know, take that for what it's worth. I I, I don't know. Well, how do you feel about it? What What do you think uh, about about Ahsoka and uh, Palpatine and Vader showing up? Well, like you said, the Vader thing is it makes a lot of sense because we've already seen him. Yeah. And just the just the possibilities, like holy crap, could could Vader and Ahsoka run into each other at one point? You know, are they planning that? But I don't I don't know if you remember this. We did talk about this, Mike. Um, a few episodes back, and I'm trying to think of the episode where I, um, it was the one with just Hera and Sabine, and they were picking up the um, uh, supplies. And uh, God, what was that? I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, they were picking up the supplies, and one of the marked boxes had what we had, what some yeah. had speculated that it was Ahsoka's, you know, head markings yeah um so so we have talked about it possibly being um Fulcrum possibly being ahsoka so but yeah i mean this is this is some i mean this is pretty big i mean i think the biggest thing to me would be to see uh ahsoka and and vader somehow meet and just yeah how would how would they fool i mean what would they do you know it's the possibilities like you know would he recognize her i mean obviously he'd recognize her but would would any exchange be made or anything like this? It's like, wow, man, this, it, it's really exciting. And I'm really, I was really stoked to see this, this article. And I mean, I hope, and you know what? It doesn't really surprise me too, because the way Ahsoka went out and the way the community was so, uh, just loved this character by the time she did leave that I think it was, you know, it, it's, it wasn't a stretch to say that she might show up in this series or mm-hmm. somewhere down the line. You know what I mean, Mike? So, Although not too surprising, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it, and I and I do hope it uh, hope it comes true. So, um, good stuff, though, man. Hey, not include not only her, Mike, but I mean, look who's coming back just in this season. We got Jim Cummings as Hondo, and Stephen Stanton as Tarkin, which we'll talk about later on in next week, uh, coming next week. But he's coming yeah. back. Both these guys are coming back, man. This yeah. is great, great stuff, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, uh, Jim Cummings sort of let it slip at a, at a convention recently that, that he'd be reprising his role as Hondo Onaka, uh, everybody's favorite pirate wow. from uh, him, from yeah. the Clone Wars. Uh, a lot of people's favorite character from the Clone Wars. I mean, the only other character that, that, that I think anybody would really want to see from the Clone Wars show up, other than Hondo and Ahsoka, Ahsoka yeah, w- yeah. Would, be, would be Cad Bane, right? So we're... <laughs> we're kind of closing in, and, and yeah. sooner or later we might end up with all three of those characters showing up again. So, yeah, it's a. I'm really excited about it. He he is hands down my favorite character from the Clone Wars. Uh, he is one of my favorite characters from that era, uh, and and I I just I'm so excited to have him show up. Uh, on on rebels and now we don't know if if he's going to be showing up in season one or in season two because um, they obviously do record those episodes oh, right very far out but the other side of that i uh, uh tarkin is actually coming uh next week uh, th- this this coming monday um right and uh in fact if you go to the to the watch disney xd app right now you can watch the episode that he's in so um yeah, I mean, very exciting to have Stephen Stanton reprising his role. Uh, it, it, the perfect uh, vocal embodiment of mm-hmm. of okay. uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. He just nails it. It's so good. Yeah. So uh, I, the, if you haven't seen the clips yet, I, I highly recommend checking out the clips or just watching the episode. 
um, because he is fantastic. I haven't watched the episode yet, obviously, because we had, we're just recording this one. So I've been I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting to uh, to to watch that one until after we recorded. But it is uh, it, from what I've seen so far, it's it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in, and Stephen Stanton, you know, he's a great guy. We've had him on our uh, front lines. Um, mm-hmm. Really generous, uh, really knowledgeable about about the wars, and um, yeah. I'm just excited for him, man. He's a great dude. We, I met him in fan days, and uh, just a great dude. So it's neat, neat to see them uh, come back to him and, and Tarkin, man. This, like you said, man, I heard some already. I haven't seen the episode yet either. I've been waiting, but yeah, I've heard some. That he's he's great in this episode. So yeah. the only the only other thing we had too was um, uh, kind of a little bit old news. It came out earlier this week, but. Uh, some more casting rumors that could tie into Rebels, Mike. Yeah, and that was uh, Felicity Jones, right? Is that uh, right? Yeah. So uh, Felicity Jones has been, uh, or uh, I mean, it's not a hundred percent official because we don't have a, a Lucasfilm announcement. But uh, I think it was uh, uh, Hollywood Reporter, mm-hmm. I think, that had uh, broken the news uh, that that in fact. Uh, Felicity Jones would be playing the female lead in in the standalone Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. uh, being directed by Gareth Edwards, and uh, that we've kind of talked about recently because because uh, Gary would uh, has uh, stepped away from mm-hmm. writing that and uh, and there's now a new writer on it. But um, the Rebels connection that's very interesting is that uh, earlier and even a little bit last week. There were there were casting rumors flying around that that uh, Tatiana Maslany would be was was up for a character as well as uh, uh, I think Rooney Mara, mm-hmm. and uh, and one of the rumors floating around there is that uh, that uh, Sabine would be one of the characters uh, yeah, that that, that that they were being cast for. So um, there there's still people kind of talking about it like that's a possibility. I don't know. I don't know how much I see that because I, 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 I just like timelines being what they are. We're, we've already heard that, that the standalone will take place in the same era as the, as the, uh, the sequel trilogy as episode seven. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and for good reason, I think like they don't want to be jumping around in the timeline anymore. I think from now on they want to move forward. Right. 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 Um, so I don't know. I, I think that that's a little bit, that's a little bit difficult to, 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 uh, rationalize, but, um, mm-hmm. I think, I think that there's a kernel of truth in there because we've also heard a lot about this being about Boba Fett, about it being about bounty hunters right. uh, in some way. I think that this film, this standalone film that Gareth Edwards is directing, will be about Mandalorians. Not necessarily Boba Fett or Sabine, but maybe characters that others, that, that people not so close to the production, have mistaken for these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if you hear female Mandalorian there's really only a couple that spring to mind, right? And you hear Mandalorian bounty hunter, you're going to automatically go to Boba Fett. Let's go to Boba Fett movie. Right. But, um, but I don't know. I, I don't, um, I don't think that that's actually going to be the case. I think that it'll be, it'll be, it'll be something, uh, different. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be, it'll be new characters. Um, if anything, it will feature characters from episode seven, more so than Rebels. But at the same time, we have heard for a long time that characters from Rebels will uh, affect or show up in Episode 7 in some way or in future films. So uh, we don't know exactly how that connection is going to work either. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've, I've long suspected that the Inquisitors will have something to do with it and that Kylo Ren uh, is himself an Inquisitor just the same as, as our Inquisitor, um, because we do know that there are multiple Inquisitors, Dave Filoni is so oh, yeah. much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like that's the connection that I that I think is there. I, I think it's much less seeing an actual character character go from the TV series to to one of those movies. But Yeah. 
They also had a um, like a little update on that story about Felicity Jones from it was Movie Pilot that said that she could. There's also rumors that she could be playing even um, Ray's mother, which is uh, the girl from the Force Awakens trailer. Okay. So that also came out just a day or two after that other the, the first initial story. So yeah, I, I mean the, the things are flying around, but uh, it looks like she's involved in all these rumors. So. Yeah, we'll see how it ties into if it ties into Rebels at all. But like you were saying about Sabine, like wow, this is this is pretty crazy. You know, this is this is that story group in full effect right here, just making everything in this universe start to come together. So yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. So uh, anything else going on though before we uh, hit the recap? Anything else I mention? No, I you know what I think that's it. I mean, J.J. Abrams was talking a little bit about yeah, Star Wars, the, yeah. the Force Awakens recently. Um, but uh, you know what, he didn't really he didn't really drop any news that we didn't already know. Just kind of talked about uh, about it being a dream come true and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, some good interviews. You can actually catch those over at StarWarsTSC.com. Uh, the, for the saga continues, they've got they've got lots of coverage over there for episode seven. So, yeah, people should go check that out for sure. Yes. All right. Well, with that, uh, let's head on over to the recap. Jedi Master Luminata and Julia has been in prison somewhere in the Stygian system. We can't pass this up. Use the Force, Ezra. Your formal Jedi training starts tomorrow. I am the Inquisitor. Chopper, get us out of here! This is the Padawan I encountered on Stygian Prime. Have no fear. Help is on the way. There's a lot more at stake than you realize. Well, kid, you pulled it off. Was there ever any doubt? Yes. All right. Let's start off here with Vision of Hope. In, outs- in the outskirts of Lothal, Ezra practices deflecting uh, blasts with his lightsaber. Sabine, Chopper, and Zeb fire low-powered training bolts at the Padawan, which he struggles to redirect at a target Stormtrooper helmet. Suddenly, he's overcome with the sound of unseen voices and slips into a trance-like state. Ezra begins to see flashing images in a vision of uh, events yet to come. Surprisingly, his vision ends with Senator in exile, Gail, uh, Gal Travis, saying, your parents are very brave. When Ezra wakes up, he's shocked to learn that while in his meditative state, he deflected every blast at the target. Despite Kanan's warning, Ezra is convinced that the vision will become real. So Mike, as we start out this, um, here's the thing like, at first is, I love these training sessions because it seems like they're ramping up and they're, you know, you see like a little bit of progression every time with Ezra and Kane and, and the way he's training him and he's practicing the lightsaber thing. And, but the division thing is really what kind of got me at first was, was how powerful Ezra is that he's seeing visions. And as we'll find out later in this episode, his visions were like on point. I mean, he was missing, you know, it was chopped up and he was missing yeah. like some key elements, of course. But uh, you know, but still, his visions were right on point. So this is pretty, this is pretty crazy how powerful this kid is. And there's another thing that I wanted to mention also, we we talked about this last week when we recorded this first episode. But I sometimes I look at things uh, in a law enforcement way, especially with when you get to, you know, fighting and, and lightsaber combat and that. And I just noticed that I was watching this and I was watching Ezra deflect the blast, and they're kind of going in everywhere. And Kanan kind of mentioned it like, hey, man, you know, you're, you're supposed to aim for the helmet. You want to concentrate and deflect it back. And it's kind of the kind of thing that we do in law enforcement is you have to always know, like, what's your backstop. And, and you can't just like it can't be like all, all, you know, the old West where you're just shooting and shooting and, and you don't care where your, your bullets are going. You have to be aware of every shot and where it goes. And this is kind of what Kanan's telling Ezra is like, you know what, if you're in a battle, and you're with the crew. Maybe you're here with the with the crew of the ghost. You can't just deflect these blaster bolts all over the place because it's going to hit somebody. You're going to kill somebody. You know, with just deflecting it. So you got to make sure. You know, he's trying to tell me you got to make sure you you deflect these things either back at them or you know, obviously in the ground or something like that. So this just my way of looking at things a little differently. And I think it. I don't know if that's what they were going for or if it was just a, another training key point with Kanan, but that's how I kind of looked at it. I know that kind of, it kind of sparked something in you, right? 
I mean, you kind of didn't look at it that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. When you, you, you brought that up when we first recorded, uh, it, it really made me think of this in a, in a completely different light. Because I just, I just sort of saw it as, as, you know, the standard sort of training scenario. But, uh, but yeah, when you sort of bring up that, that idea that, uh, that Kanan is, is really focused on trying to get Ezra to be aware of his surroundings, be mindful of other people. And that there's a, he's, I, I think he's really worried, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he's, yeah. he, Ezra's kind of this, I, uh, this incredibly powerful, uh, force user, uh, to the point where he's using the force without even knowing it. And, uh, and I mean this, when he has his vision and then sort of wakes up from it and, First, Kanan is like, he's sort of like bewildered that that he had a vision, and then it's like, well, you deflected all the blasts at the target, like that's that's yeah, right. that's what happened, um, and he it, he's he seems to be in a bit of shock uh, every so often with Ezra's capabilities, and I think that he's worried about just how much power Ezra actually wields and whether or not he has done a good job of uh of sort of uh, uh teaching ezra mm-hmm. how to use that power how to control that power because obviously there's a lot of potential with ezra that that you know if he were to fall to the dark side uh, uh he's very powerful he's a very powerful jedi or he or he has the potential to be mm-hmm. um so i think i don't know that there there's a i Ever since the mid-season finale, when Ezra summoned the Nokfir to uh, to to attack, or sorry, Fearnok uh, to attack uh, the Inquisitor, he uh, Kanan has has sort of been I don't know, like sort of sort of short with him about his training. Like he's uh, he's worried that he's not taking it seriously. He's worried mm-hmm. that. That uh, that he's sort of shirking his responsibilities. Or that he doesn't fully comprehend the 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 responsibility of the power that he has, and and I think he's got good reason, right? Because uh, like oh, yeah. I said, if 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 Ezra does give into that dark side, he'd be putting a lot of people in danger. And that sort of this whole sequence of 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 him learning to deflect blaster bolts, but more importantly to safely deflect them so that, you know, uh, he's not endangering his, his, uh, the other members of the ghost crew or any of their other allies or more importantly, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of just the public, like innocent bystanders. Mm -hmm. Um, this, that's the way that, that Kanan thinks, but Ezra doesn't have that training. He's been alone for so long that he just thinks about himself. So he's just frantically trying to stop these blaster bolts, but, I uh, I don't know. It's it's a really interesting thing because when you look at the way that Kanan does it, it's very deliberate, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think you you look at the way that that Anakin and Obi Wan or any of the other uh, trained Jedi deflect blaster bolts. They don't try and deflect every single bolt. They obviously right. sort of like pick their they pick their the which ones are the most important, right? They sort of uh, mm-hmm. intercept them as they come in. And uh, even to the point, I'm fairly certain in one of the movies, Obi Wan ducks one of them instead of deflecting it. Right. Right. Like they they're very uh, uh, like I said deliberate about how they're deflecting their blaster bolts, and I think that that's that's the key difference here is that Ezra is kind of just defending himself with the Force, but he's not aware of his surroundings, so he's not he's not making a very good guardian. He's mm-hmm. not. He's not uh, really sort of uh, upholding those Jedi ideals, which is what Kanan's trying to get across to him. And then, sort of on, in a larger scope, this this idea that he needs to actually control his power, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think that's a good point you also made about the blaster bolts, and not you know, like you said, they don't have to to deflect every single one. Um, and you, like you said, you see it all throughout the movies. Um, I'm reminded of the the, the scene in the the uh, arena, Anakin is and is with her with Padme, and he kind of lets looks like he lets a few just go over around his head or whatever, and then when he needs to, if it's like directly at him or or something like that, he'll block it. But and then also you're talking about Kanan, and 
uh, yeah, I I think like a turning point with him was with this with, was with that big fear knock with like the mother or whatever Queen Fear Knock. I mean that was huge. Like that just like really opened his eyes. Like oh man, I need to I need to really be on my J when I'm training this kid because he has more power than I think he even knew. Right. Yeah. So I, I, that makes a lot of sense that what you're saying about Kanan. I think that for me was like a turning point in, for him in this series. So, um, but we'll continue. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, the crew catches Travis's latest broadcast and and interpret a hidden message that the senator is coming to Lothal and will meet them at the old Republic Senate building. For more information, Ezra reconnects with his friend and Imperial Cadet Zare Leonis. Zare relays that Agent Callus is gathering troops for a massive operation at the Senate building. Ezra has to warn the others and make a and makes a quick escape as stormtroopers close in. Meanwhile, Callus readies his plan. He believes that capturing the Lothal rebels as a group should be the top priority, as opposed to the Inquisitor's desire to apprehend only the Jedi. Zare, <laughs> you're a stealthy one, Dev Morgan. Yeah, that's me, Stealthy Dev Morgan. Hey, thanks for meeting me last minute, cadet. By the way, how'd you get past the gate? I've been promoted. Got class three clearance now. Um, congratulations? To both of us. New clerical and courier duties give me greater access to intel you can use. Unless I'm caught, in which case... Yeah, let's not get you shot. What do you have? Agent Callus and every section commander have been in secret tactical meetings. He's gathering troops for a massive operation. Any idea what for? It's something to do with the old Senate building. But it might just be a drill. I'm not sure. It's no drill. I need to warn the others. Hey, one more thing. I'm being transferred off-world to the Officers Academy in Arcanus. There's something you should know. Don't tell me you're gonna miss me, Dev. What? No. I mean, sure, but look, that's not it. My real name is not Death. It's not your name. No, it's... You there. Okay, Mike, and... Uh, oh, no. It was kind of interesting to see Zara Leonis come back. I wasn't expecting that. And But first of all, they're talking about uh, Gal Travis. They get the encoded message, and they find that Fulcrum is the one that kind of... They kind of... Fulcrum is the one that told them, like, he hides coded messages... Or he hides things in his coat, you know, whatever, however you want to say it. But so they're looking out for it and they figure it out. And, but I think what the interesting part of this for me was I'm still, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what they're going to do with Zara Leonis. Yeah. Because they said he's being promoted, he's moving his way up the ranks. You know, I'm thinking he's going to be a stormtrooper someday or some elite stormtrooper or whatever. Um, and, I don't know. I just wonder if this is gonna, if we're gonna see him again somewhere down the line, whether it's in a movie or or something like that. The way this, with the way Disney is doing this with the story group now, is there more plans for him? So I don't know. We'll see. But I know you have a theory on. You think maybe that he is on his way to being turned, possibly? Um, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I, like, I, I, I don't trust Zare at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that Zare. I don't think Zare Leonis would do anything to to harm our rebels. I, I don't think that he would. But I think that there's a possibility that he is somehow under the influence of the Inquisitor. Um, because when we last saw him, he was sort of uh, uh, getting, getting moved up the ranks. And it was connected very much so to uh, actually Ezra's actions in that episode in Breaking Ranks. And, uh, and so I think that, that whatever has happened to his sister um, and, and whatever sort of like fate he has, um, that they might be connected. And I think that there might be some, some sort of force sensitivity connection in here that, that the Inquisitor is sort of seizing on and using... Zare as maybe a double, double agent of some kind, either that or or just sort of the old fashioned double agent techniques of like a tracker or a recording device or something like that, so that so that the Inquisitor can sort of keep tabs on the rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's and like I said earlier, you know, he's got this level three clearance now, so he's able yeah. to do some things, and and he's being he's going to the officers' academy, so. Um, 
I, I don't know, Mike. Is the Officers Academy, I mean, is this like a precursor to someday maybe becoming a, a moth or something like that? Or is it just... Yeah, I, I think uh, that's why I think that he's sort of on a track for something other than just being a regular stormtrooper, mm-hmm, right? Right, uh, right? He's going to be like a commander of some kind or, mm-hmm. you know, like a, the, like an inquisitor or something like that. Like we don't right. we don't really know yet, but uh, it's kind of it's kind of still open for interpretation at this point. And, and I am reading the uh, the there's a book series about Zare Leonis and I'm, I'm in right, the process yeah. of reading it. I'm not very far, but I am in the process of reading that. So, uh, as I get further through it, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody know, sort of keep everybody, um, uh, in the loop on any developments that I find in there that might, might lend to or discredit my, uh, my arguments here. <laughs> well, see, that's another thing too, is, is like, there's a, it, it's a is it a like a young reader's novel that you're dealing with Zare? Is that right? Or yeah, yeah, it's a, it is. Thing? It's yeah, it's like a it is a chapter book, but it's very it's a very short one. So it's it's right. definitely like a like a youth uh, sort of uh, yeah early readers sort of. So novel. hearing that, you know, it just like the the attention they're sort of given this character it just it yeah. just makes you think that there's something else in store for this character so we'll see absolutely uh, yeah uh, the crew has a new mission save Travis from the Imperial trap spying the stormtrooper presence they notice that the Imperials have not yet entered the complex Kanan fears a larger setup is in play one of the uh, one for the ghost team in response Ezra leads the team to a sewer pipe that will take them undetected into the Senate building. After navigating the sewers, they find Travis and the new Freedom Mural, just as he secretly conveyed in his broadcast. But all is not right as protocol droids are blasted, and stormtroopers, led by Callus, emerge and surround the rebels. The ISB agent demands information and threatens uh, to open fire. Kanan Jarrus, Jedi Knight, Padawan Jabba, and what have we here? Twi'lek I've yet to meet. From your regalia, I suspect you must be our talented pilot. Where is the Lasat and the Mandalorian girl? If you won't talk, then my troopers will become a firing squad. You'd better do as he says. Don't worry, Senator. Our friends will be along. I tell you what, Mike, I, I love this character, Callus, man. He's he's great. And, and it's kind of funny because my son watches with me and he didn't, he, he kind of forgot the a few episodes ago where Ezra told Callus that his name was Jabba. Yeah. And, and so he comes in here and he calls him Jabba and I start kind of laughing at it and he's, he's kind of like, what are you laughing at? And it's like, don't you remember? He called him, it's like, oh yeah. So sometimes it gets lost on that younger, but for us, the older viewing audience, it's kind of neat to, to see that. And it was, a, it was a pretty funny line. But here's the thing. This is where I got the sense that there's something going on. I'm like, this doesn't seem right. I, I, at first I thought, man, this is some really like kind of sloppy writing because they're not really, there's nothing going on out there. And if you truly did get through all this Imperial, uh, you know, the Imperial is all over Lothal pretty much. And yeah. how did, if you got through there that easily and his ship is just out in the open, I'm like, uh, come on, you, you got to do a little better than that. But then, you know, I did get that feeling like, well, this isn't, this is a little... This is a little fishy here, and I started to get the ideas that something else was going on. So uh, I'm sure you already had that feeling too, right, Mike? Yeah. Well, I, I haven't uh, I haven't really trusted Gal Travis since he beginning? was introduced, right? Uh-huh. Uh, because obviously he was introduced uh, in the episode where they they they're given the information that that Luminar Undali is still alive by Gal Travis. That's he's the one who who makes that broadcast, right? So I think we had even talked back in that episode about, uh, you know, did Gal Travis, what, like, did the Empire feed this information to Gal Travis so that he would take it to, to like, the broadcast and then and then it would get the, the, the rebels to come out of hiding? Or did, is Gal Travis part of the Empire and using, and, like, sort of, I, I planting that information to draw them out, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there was still a, a possibility that he was 
not working for the Empire, that he was sort of unwitting in that. But uh, but I think based on this episode, now we know that, that he was, in fact, in on it the whole time. And, and right. the Empire has been using him to, to, to draw people up. But we're not quite there yet. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, it was it was pretty obvious to me uh, from the get go. So I haven't trusted him. And, and you know what? The second that you find out that he's voiced by Brent Spiner from Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, he, of course he's going to betray our hero. Damn Star Trek actors! Come yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> hey, exactly. You know, that... I, you know what? I don't think a single actor from Star Trek has come into <laughs> a Star Wars and played a good guy, right? Right. We had, right. We ha- we've had obviously uh, uh, Brent Spiner play Gal Travis. Uh, uh, we've had uh, uh, George Takei uh, played uh, Lot, not Lot Dodd. Dirt, I think, wasn't it? Or yeah, like yeah, Lock Dirt. Lock, Lock Dirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on the Clone Wars, and uh, and Simon Pegg played uh, 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 Dengar. Dengar, yeah. So uh, wrapped in toilet paper, as yeah. we all know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, you know, if you're a Star Trek actor and you wanna you wanna come hang out with the cool kids in the Star Wars universe, that's fine. But you you gotta play a bad guy that is gonna get his comeuppance at some point. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing too. Like they um, they talked about. Uh, well, there's actually a funny moment with Ezra as they're walking through the tunnels, and they're talking about how it smells because they're kind of going through like a, a sewer tunnel, and. Uh, Ezra or um, Sabine makes a comment of how it kind of smells like Ezra, and he kind of comes back like, "You know what I smell like?" So yeah. again, some really funny stuff, and and you have to kind of pay attention and and to to hear some of that to to appreciate some of these jokes because sometimes they'll they'll fly right by you, and they kind of make another joke about it later on. But uh, I yeah. just had to mention that was a pretty good one. Uh, go ahead, Mike. You want to keep going here? Yeah. Uh, uh, watching from above, however, are Sabine and Zeb. Sabine tosses smoke bombs, giving the rebels cover while Zeb leaps down and takes out the troopers. Taking Travis, they head back into the sewers with the Empire in hot pursuit. Fleeing from stormtroopers, they stop momentarily while Travis catches his breath. The break allows the Imperials to find them, and the crew splits up. Hera and Ezra take the Senator, while the rest look to draw their attackers away. On the surface, Chopper poses as an Imperial droid, giving the team more time. Continuing their journey underground, Hera, Ezra, and Travis come upon a massive fan. While they stop to figure out a way through, Hera hands the senator a blaster for protection, which he quickly turns on the rebels. He's with the Empire. He knew Ezra's parents and says they were fools. Um, but the weapon won't fire. Oh, sorry. They're gone, he says, before trying to blast Hera. But the weapon won't fire, and Hera takes it back and lands a roundhouse punch squarely on the traitor's jaw. A true rebel would know if he was holding a charged blaster, she says. Hera had suspicions of Travis, she reveals. Uh, finally, the rest of the crew arrives. That's enough. We're not going anywhere. Senator, what are you doing? Put your saber down, boy. Now! Yogurt? You're with the Empire? But all your transmissions, those planets you visited, how did word not get out about you? Because no one ever knew, not even my own droids. Insurgents are not arrested, they're identified and watched. The troublesome ones have accidents after I'm gone. But you're not a traitor. You're a voice of freedom, a, a light in the darkness, like my parents! Parents? No one has spoken against the Empire on Lothal since the Bridge of Transmissions. I remember them. The original voices of freedom. You're their son. Why? Why? I joined the Empire, like your parents should have, for their lives, for you. Your parents were very brave and very foolish. Where are they now? I'll tell you, my boy. They're gone! They're not gone, Travis. Stop right there. As long as we fight, all that they spoke out for lives on. I said stop!
man, Harapex a pretty good right cross. I'm like, hey, yeah. um, so like we had the suspicions earlier of Travis. Yeah. And and again, there were some more clues as we get farther along here. You know, he he's feigns a little bit of of tired. You know, he's getting tired so they can catch up. And another thing he did too also was like he had a lot of questions as they're trying to escape. Like he, he's yeah. asking, you know, like, hey. How do you guys, you know, who does, who funds you? You know, what kind of allies do you have? What's your support system? And he's, he's thinking that, that, you know, this is like a huge operation. And then he finds out it's just, whoa, wait, it's just five of you? You know, yeah. you guys are doing all the, I mean, whoa, you know, it's like kind of like a re- revelation, like, wow. And, and, you know, we find out it's exactly what Travis has been doing and how he's been keeping his, his guys for so long. He's just, you know, if. If somebody finds out once he gets to this point, they either capture him, or if that doesn't work, you know they take him out, they kill him. So um, a lot of revelations here, and finally, like I know you've had, like you said, you've had your suspicions about him, but it was found out here, and uh, Hera is smart enough to know, and she picked up on it, um, even you know like most of us did at the beginning at the middle section there and they gave her you know the old classic thing where you know you give a bad guy a gun without it loaded works perfectly every time it worked for her and then she decks him so uh, a lot of stuff going on with this particular scene mike what'd you think yeah uh yeah i i really liked it it was uh it was kind of perfectly uh executed uh, where you know he has his whole monologue and and sort of reveals a bunch of information. We find out a little bit more about Ezra's family, about his parents. Um, but then it's that great moment of of uh, him going to fire the the blaster. Uh, and you know I knew the second that that Hera <laughs> gave him that blaster that it wasn't loaded and that she was sort of laying a trap for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get that awesome, awesome moment of her just decking the guy. <laughs> and uh, yeah. this is this is the Hera that I've been wanting to see. I'm so glad last week and then again this week. There's two episodes in a row where she gets to yeah. to to sort of lay it on a guy because uh, she she gave Lando a pretty good punch in the gut last week. So um, yeah, I really like it. I, I like I like seeing her character in that power position. She is the real leader of this group, uh, mm-hmm. not Kanan, as, as I think most people uh, uh, sort of uh, expect. Um, it, but it is, in fact, a Hera. And, uh, and, and this is why. We see why. She's been at this game longer than the rest of them. And she's sort of been around the block. She knows how this, how this all works. And, I mean, obviously... Hera Syndulla, we suspect that she's somehow related to Cham Syndulla, mm-hmm. um, and so w- that that implies that she's pretty pretty clever, pretty crafty, and resourceful, and would have sort of uh, grown up understanding how how it works running an insurgency, right? Uh, so she's kind of got the this uh, this background to it, so. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, she doesn't really trust anybody, but at the same time, she kind of trusts those people that are that are very close to her, um, and it seems to work out. I mean, she's got a good sense for people. She can kind of tell with Lando, and she could definitely tell with Gal Travis uh, just exactly where they stood. Mm-hmm. So, also, just as they're leaving, too. Uh, obviously, uh, Travis, he's still alive, and he's back with the with Callison. But there was a, a look that Ezra gave him as he as he got through the fan. He kind of turned around. I was like, whoa, that's kind of a dark, yeah. ominous look he gave him. Like, hey, like, you know, I'll get you back almost type of a look. So uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Mike, you want to finish it up and we'll uh, yeah. talk about the end here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as stormtroopers appear, Kanan uses the force to slow the fan. The rebels pass through and Ezra glares angrily at Travis. Back at the ghost, Ezra is dismayed that he misread his vision. Kanan says that Ezra's emotions clouded his judgment. Visions are almost impossible to interpret. Sitting alone together, Hera lets the Padawan know that he shouldn't be ashamed, and that they have hope that things can get better. I didn't see it. I was so wrong. We all thought he was a good person. You always say I should trust the Force. I thought that's what I was doing. Your emotions clouded the vision. It takes training and discipline to see things clearly, yes. Visions are difficult, almost impossible to interpret. What was the last vision you had? 
I saw this bratty kid that constantly caused me trouble. <laughs> I guess you read that one wrong. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I wanted to believe in Travis as much as you did. Yeah, what's wrong with us? We have hope. Hope that things can get better. And they will. So, Mike, I think the thing I took about uh, took away from that is is that Ezra's vision obviously was clouded. You know, he he wanted to, like she says, they wanted to believe in Travis. I mean, they thought they had someone big on their side. And I think another thing that that Ezra was looking at is like he he saw this as a way to find out maybe about his parents because in that he saw the vision of Travis saying they're talking about his parents. So, so that emotion of like, wow, I'm going to be able to find out something that what happened to my parents where they are are they alive are they dead what happened so that that type of emotion is what clouded his vision while I, like i said earlier his vision was on point i mean he was seeing everything he it was just cut up and he was seeing kind of like what he wanted to see so that's kind of what i got from that and just that there's there's always hope and that was kind of a neat little message to end it out what do you think yeah, uh, it, it was good to sort of get that even even in the, the light of uh, sort of a, a, a negative revelation that that in fact, uh, you know, somebody who they thought was an ally turns out to be mm-hmm. an enemy. Um, and so they're even more alone than they thought they were. I mean, I think Ezra was sort of pinning a lot of hopes on this on this meeting and then when he sort of that vision of uh relating to his parents uh discovering whether or not they're still alive Mm -hmm. right um and in fact travis mentions at one point that they're gone and he kind of goes no you don't know that right Right. sort of he sort of fights against that notion uh believing that they're still out there somewhere and uh and and so i think it was a big blow for him emotionally uh but hera like I said, she's got she's been around longer than anybody else, and she's got the experience to know that just because this avenue isn't open to them, it doesn't mean that you know there isn't still hope out there. Um, I think that the really interesting element here is that they met Bale Organa already. Right. <laughs> they don't know that Bale is what they thought Gal Travis was. Right, like they don't know that there are senators out there. That there's Bail Organa and that there's Mon Mothma and uh, uh, Garmbel Iblis and all of these characters out there. They they are working towards I uh, I uh, uh, sort of undermining and then eventually over overthrowing the empire. Um. So Hera's attitude of like you know uh, I we have nothing to be ashamed of we're the ones who have hope mm-hmm. uh, that's what i like that's what makes them important to the rebellion is is that hope and the ability to continue moving because there are other people out there there are other rebel sort of uh, uh, rebel cells throughout the galaxy they haven't joined together yet and i think that that's the most important part there is no rebel alliance yet there are rebels but there is no alliance. And I think that is the whole purpose of this series. And I think what we'll discover by the end of, of Star Wars Rebels is that, I mean, we know that the attack on the Death Star is the first major victory for the Rebel Alliance. That means that the Rebels have not been around for very long. Luke in A New Hope is planning to submit his his application to the academy so that he can get off Tatooine. The thing that people overlook a lot of the time is that that is the Imperial Academy. That's right. where he wants to go. He wants to <laughs> yeah. join the Empire right. in order to like he's got he I mean he wants to join the military in order to see the unit to see the galaxy, right? Like that's his that's his mentality. It's not like, well, I believe in the Empire, so I want to. I want to be a part of it. As he says later in the movie, he's got no love for the Empire, right? So, um, it's it, it's a it, it's an interesting element there. That obviously the Rebel Alliance hasn't been around for that long because when the Alliance is sort of brought up by C three PO, Luke's like, whoa, wait, you're part of the Rebel Alliance? Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy and. 
there's a deleted scene. Uh, it's I think it's on the Blu-rays that uh, is from the beginning of the movie where he goes to Tashi or not. I don't remember if it's Tashi Tashi Station or he goes to Anchorhead. Anchorhead and yeah. uh, and uh, and hangs out with like his friends, and we find out that that Luke is actually kind of the the one that everybody makes fun of and right. sort of uh, kicks around. Right, he's the he's kind of the loser of the group, um, but he sees Biggs there and Biggs had recently left for the Academy for the Imperial Academy, but he, he came back to Tatooine to tell Luke and, and some of his other friends that, that he and some others are going to jump ship right, and yeah. join the rebel Alliance. So Luke has kind of just heard about the rebel Alliance. It's one of the reasons why I think he wants to get to, to the, uh, the, the Academy so that he can then follow Biggs, right? Like, oh, yeah. sort of, yeah. But um, everything in that kind of points to the idea that the Rebel Alliance is a new thing, like this this group of, of Rebel cells that all kind of come together with the the you know financial backing of, of, of a few important people. Um, it's a it's a very new thing, and uh, and like I said, their attack on the Death Star is their first major victory. Um, so. It's it's or sorry it's not even the attack on the Death Star getting the I, I'm I'm thinking about the wrong crawl I was thinking about Empire Strikes Back it's actually in in a New Hope the, right. that it's not the attack on the Death Star getting the 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 plans was the first major victory for the Rebel Alliance just getting those Death Star plans mm-hmm. so uh, I think I think like what we're moving towards is that I mean, I've said it before on the show. I think the whole point of these characters, of this cast, whether or not all of them make it to that point or whatever the Rebels end up looking like by that point, I think that that Ezra and Kanan and Hera, I think that they are going to be the ones to to get those Rebel plans. And this series is going to end with them handing them off to Princess Leia. Mm -hmm. And then it just rolls right in to A New Hope. Right. Um, So, I mean, that would... That would definitely lend to, to what I'm saying that 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 you know this we're talking about early days that there's still no rebel alliance even five years out. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right on point with that, and I'd love to see that. That I mean, talk about just continuity perfectly yeah. right there. Boom. Uh, so yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, uh, I enjoyed the episode, and I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, What's coming up next? We'll talk about that in a minute. Hey, we got a couple of uh, Facebook notifications we wanted to highlight real quick. Uh, Michael Lucero, he writes, uh, this may not be a direct source for the mining pig, but it reminded me of the concept of a Niffler, which is a magical creature in the Harry Potter books, which has the ability to sniff out gold and other precious metals. Just my two cents. Keep up the great work with the podcast. That's from Michael Lucero. Thanks, Mike, for uh, writing that in. And yeah, Mike, I, I did see Harry Potter, but um, I'm drawing a blank because I've only seen the movies <laughs> once. Uh, so you could probably help me out with this. I uh, no, I mean that that sounds like something from like one of the books or something. Oh, maybe didn't make uh, the movies. That is, okay. that is outside my wheelhouse. I don't I don't remember any Nifflers in the movies, but I but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure that there are other I. I Harry Potter fans out there that could, that yeah. could attest to that. But yeah, who knows? Maybe that Makes is, sense. is a, yeah. a, a piece of inspiration for that. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it could be, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah we got another one too, Mike. You want to get that one? Yeah, sure. Uh, Martin Aylman, a uh, big fan of the podcast, Yes, uh, writes in to say, uh, Hello, guys. Happy New Year. I'm finally listening to the latest podcast. And all I wanted to say was, if you were wondering about what Palpatine did to the Jedi Temple... I highly recommend reading the novel Tarkin. Oh, and the answer is awesome. So I <laughs> awesome Love that it. you know what I I sort of when they when they said that they were basically not rebooting but that they were I mean, yeah I guess they're rebooting the expanded universe and that everything moving forward would be official canon and that all of the old, older EU was legends and whatever. Uh, I, I was sort of like, oh, well, maybe this is a good time, and now I'll start actually keeping up with all the books. Uh, I read New Dawn, because uh, uh, Andy from uh, the Flash podcast uh, was awesome enough to uh, to pick me up a copy of the the uh, the, the uh, Comic-Con uh, uh, 
sort of like the pre-release edition Mm -hmm. and sent that to me uh so i was able to read it actually before the book came out nice and uh so i i read that um i've already pre-ordered the audiobook for uh heir to the jedi which is the the book told from luke skywalker's perspective which i am super psyched about Mm -hmm. um but i had sort of ignored tarkin because i was like "Ah, i don't really care about grand moff tarkin and his story um but martin with your recommendation i think i will actually check that i'm i'm just finishing up the martian which is a a a really cool book uh totally unrelated to star wars i mean not totally unrelated i think there's a couple of star wars references in it Hmm. but i I, about a a, sort of it's one part apollo 13 one part castaway um about a guy who gets marooned on on mars um He's part of like an uh, an expedition, part of like a, 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 a one of the, I think he's the third man mission, and he gets left behind when everybody else has to escape, um, and then his survival. So I'm just finishing that book up. It's really good. They're making it into a movie. I highly recommend that to everybody listening, because I think that as as sci-fi fans and space geeks and all that sort of stuff, I think there's a lot of crossover with the Star Wars fandom. It's a very geeky nerdy book but it's also it's mm-hmm. a really really great story I, I so i i highly recommend that when i'm done that i think the next thing that i that i listen to will probably be tarkin yeah. based on this recommendation because i i you know i i just thought that it would be about tarkin i didn't realize that there would be like backstory into the transformation of the republic into the empire but once once martin posted this and i read it and i was like well, of course that's what the book is about. Of course that's going to... Like, yeah. Tarkin's rise to power is also the Empire's rise to power, right? Like, there's going right. to be a, a, an analog in there. There's they sort of, like, side by side. So, um, so based on that recommendation, I'm definitely checking it out, and I'm sure that, that Martin uh, recommends it to everybody uh, listening to the podcast. So I think everybody should check that out as well. Yeah, I, I have to go with the same recommendation. I, I think uh, I'm going to have to check it out, too. I mean, as much as I want to know what happened, yeah, I don't want to be spoiled. I'm going to have to go and check this out now. Like you said, maybe get that audio book because uh, I have plenty of time to listen to uh, books on tape on the road. So great, yeah. great stuff, Martin. Thanks, guys, for uh, sending some stuff in. And, uh, and like these guys did, don't be afraid to go on the rebels podcast facebook page and uh yeah chat about it, especially with all the stuff coming that could be coming up with with ahsoka and vader and palpatine and, and all the other characters that are coming yeah. back tarkin man we just some we can get some great conversations going in there and some theories and some uh more speculation so so definitely go over there and, and check that out hey next time mike on star wars rebels uh it is entitled call to action and it says um the tag here is a public or as public uh, awareness increases around rebels activity they target an important imperial network and here is a quick taste we need to move But where are the bikes? Next to the road. Right where that thing will see them. Hope somebody's got an idea or this whole plan is shot. So you see our crew is, uh, well, they got the probe droid. And I was going to feature another clip. Um, There was a clip of uh, Tarkin that was going around. But you know what? We'll save it for next week. I don't want to throw everything out there so <laughs> yeah. we did a little uh, just a little tease of what's coming out next week so we got some speeder bikes uh, these the, our crew is getting stealth again but uh yeah i'm really looking forward to see what's going on with target i've heard some great stuff already but uh that's gonna do it for this week mike uh friday night and we got it done yeah <laughs> I, I thank you guys for listening uh thank you for being patient with yeah. this week's episode yes we appreciate that um, and as always, head to rebelspodcast.com for all of the latest and greatest Star Wars Rebels news. Tim does a great job of keeping you guys up to date with everything that's going on. Um, so that that is, in my opinion, the best 
place on the internet for dedicated Star Wars Rebels news, rebelspodcast.com. And of course, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, as well as Twitter at rebelspodcast. And I, I don't forget, you can also send in your, your emails to rebelspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about uh, this week's episode, about the upcoming episode, um, or just about Star Wars Rebels in general. Uh, and uh, we hope to see you at Star Wars Celebration. Yes. If not, of course, we will be bringing Star Wars Celebration to you yes. as often as we can. Uh, we've got an awesome setup for uh, uh, our accommodation. Uh, it's basically going to be a house filled with uh, with a uh, uh, Rebels podcast, Star Wars, the saga continues, Star Wars report, and uh, and the Wampas Lair crew all under one roof. Um, so we're going to be able to bring you some awesome awesome conversations and podcasts uh from star wars celebration we'll keep you guys up to date on all that of course uh we have lots of other podcasts in the thunderquack podcast network that uh, that you should go and check out and you can do that by heading to thunderquack.com and you can support rebels podcast as well as all of those other awesome podcasts by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack uh where you can you can pledge your support and uh, and and uh, you know get some awesome rewards in the meantime. Uh, sort of sort of in in thanks for for your contribution. And of course, as always, uh, Rebels Podcast remains one hundred percent free. Uh, Patreon is there for those who want to. Uh, I sort of uh, throw. Uh, it's kind of like a tip jar. Right. Uh, if if you want to throw that tip at us because you like what we do, we appreciate it. But of course, it is not necessary. Uh, we will continue to bring you all the content that you love from from the Rebels podcast, one hundred percent free. Uh, but the Patreon helps keep the lights on, so we appreciate everybody who contributes oh, yes. over there. Thank you very much to everybody who is supporting us and to everybody who will be supporting us. Uh, we appreciate it greatly. Uh, that does it for us this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will be back very soon. Very soon, less than a week. <laughs> yeah, to talk yeah. call to action. Listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network.